They call it invisible illness. I spent forever trying to hide it. But no more. Hello, welcome to the Spoon Drawer. I'm Grace McWilliams. Wonderful for you to join me. Today I am spilling secrets about hidden autoimmune diseases <laughs> and spilling secrets of the side effects of autoimmune diseases. So intriguing. So let's think about this mysterious question. How do you hide an invisible illness? It's <laughs> a good question, right? All right, so let's look at this. It I pulled up a little tiny blurb from umass.edu. People with some kinds of invisible disabilities, such as chronic pain or some kind of sleep disorder, are often accused of faking or imagining their disabilities. It is estimated that 10% of people in the U.S. have a medical condition which could be considered a type of invisible disability. Okay, now, here is one list of invisible illnesses. Allergies and food intolerances, rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, depression, diabetes and other blood sugar issues, and digestive disorders such as colitis, IBS, and celiac disease. Another list says ADHD, anxiety disorders, asthma, autism, bipolar, and Asperger. Okay, let's stop there. This is what I find interesting. Some of those on the first list were autoimmune diseases. And we know from the last piece of data that I gave on the first episode that one in five people in America are suffering from chronic illness. So this is where I'm a bit confused. So this one piece of information says, in 2015, it's estimated that 10% of the population had invisible illness. But this other piece of data said 20% was known to have chronic illness. So obviously, I'm gonna go with the higher of the two because 10% is pretty low, that's pretty low. I think that it's a very high percentage of the 20% that are not diagnosed and not believed to actually have an illness. That is something I believe, but I don't have a statistic for that. So I'm going to keep looking because I want to delve into these stupid statistics that argue each other I'm sorry, that just, that, that bugs me. And I will definitely be delving more into different aspects of the invisible illness conundrum on another episode. Today, I wanted to start with that to just get that seed planted in your head that these diseases that equal 100 are also mostly invisible. If cancer is invisible, then everything's invisible. I'm going to run down the list of diseases that I have, but before I even start there, I want to just throw out to everybody who's listening that I'm grateful I don't have more, that I'm not more sick, I'm grateful that it's not worse, that it's I've been able to mildly maintain a nice existence despite I pray all the time that everything stays as it is and it doesn't get any worse. 
a lot of people have it way worse than me, and I am very well aware of that, and that is why I choose to be grateful, but I have to stress. If you think any of the things I bring up are strange, people have much worse and much crazier stories, so that's why we need to raise awareness and spark the conversation. So going into my diseases, I know y'all are so excited to learn this much about me. We're going to start with rheumatoid arthritis because everybody knows what rheumatoid arthritis is. The reason I'm starting with that, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but what I will tell you is I had to wait until my bones actually moved enough to be seen having shifted before I could get that diagnosis. I've had it my whole life and I've had crazy joint problems my whole life and I've broken lots of bones and I've been in casts and I've, it's just been kind of obvious, but the fact that I had to actually physically wait until my fingers started to move into the shapes of my grandmother's, y'all might know what I'm talking about, and it's not bad yet, but it finally moved and shifted enough that you could see what I had been feeling. I had been feeling my bones moving for 20-something years. I got my diagnosis for rheumatoid arthritis in my early 30s, so I literally had to wait until the damage had done so much that you could physically see that my bones had shifted out of place. Just saying, that's ridiculous. There needs to be a better way to diagnose rheumatoid arthritis without the person's bones moving first. All right, that's all I got to say. Next is fibromyalgia. I have a lot to say about fibromyalgia, but I'm gonna to try to keep this pretty concise because we have many episodes in which to cover these diseases in depth. Now, when you see commercials for fibromyalgia, you're gonna see a lot of nerve pain, like that kind of spin on it on the commercials, which is fine. I'm sorry, you could hear that, which is fine. <laughs> anyway, what you don't see in commercials are these symptoms and problems from fibromyalgia that they can't fix. They're not going to portray these issues and these horrible pains that come from this disease if they can't fix it. So let's talk about the stuff you don't see in commercials. I did not know this for a while, but apparently it's common for people with fibro, which is what I'm calling it from here on out because the name is long. They suffer from nutrient mount lack of nutrient absorption. Sorry, that was hard for me to say for some reason. Um, yeah, so you're like malnourished all the time. Your body has a really hard time absorbing the nutrients that you take in when you eat, which is your basis for your fuel, which is your basis for your immune system. So they don't really have a way to fix that quite yet, so we don't hear about it. And I didn't know that that was a common side effect of fibro. I just thought that was something that was wrong with me. So you have to work really hard and take additional precautions almost to ensure that you aren't becoming malnourished. Because once you do, all your other diseases and all your other symptoms will just skyrocket. And then you have a huge flare is pretty much what it's called. Okay, so we don't think about malnourishment. We also don't consider the inability of the body to regulate temperature. And that doesn't sound like the worst side effect, but I mean it in a way where if cold air touches a part of my body with bare skin, it could be days before I feel that part of my body again. It could be an ankle. It could be um, 
like my top half, if I, not even if cold air hits it, but if I get cold, then I won't warm up for hours <laughs> and I could be wrapped completely in fleece from head to toe and still have the issues of feeling just as cold. If my feet, for instance, if they get cold, it could be a week. I've gone literally a week without feeling my feet. People don't think about that. They don't consider that. So if your body can't regulate your nutrition, your body can't regulate your temperature, let's talk about one more thing that your body can't regulate, which is dysglycemia is a blood sugar issue. We heard on the list of invisible diseases, it's neither hypoglycemia nor hyper. It just means you can't regulate your blood sugar. So now we also have the inability of the body to regulate your blood sugar. It's up and down, messes with your energy, messes with your concentration. And once again, you have another issue that you have to take great strides to prevent from disrupting your day, pretty much. It's one really good way of saying that. I'm gonna move right on because I will delve into fibro another point. Pernicious anemia I brought up last episode that is where your blood cells, your red blood cells in your body are too big for your blood vessels. The volume is too big and it causes pain and inflammation. And I like to say that the way it feels, because it sounds rough, but it feels like you have sludge instead of blood in your vessels and it hurts and it feels real thick. And usually if I'm dealing with that kind of symptom or it's, get, it's getting worse, Tai Chi usually helps. I might have to do it a couple times in small doses, but it usually does help because it boosts blood circulation. Um, and I also teach Tai Chi, but because I had to start doing it and I found I loved it and I wanted to share it with others, so I teach it. But initially it was, oh no, this is a way to help deal with all of these chronic issues. So moving on from pernicious anemia, because we talked about that already, I'm going to cover the next two, super chemical sensitivity and super sensitivity syndrome. And I hate both of those names. <laughs> I, I guess I'll start with the chemical one because that's a little bit more strange. It seems like, okay, she has an allergic reaction to bleach or to Windex, but it's significantly worse than that in that my body pretty much thinks any Western medicine is poison. And you hear those crazy side effects on some of the prescription drug commercials. And it's like, you know, makes it sound like nobody has these side effects, but they are possible. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> if it's slightly possible, then that's going to happen to me. And it happens with every single drug prescribed. I haven't even taken Tylenol in 10 years because it, whatever pain I'm trying to relieve, the pain from the Tylenol is much worse. And that's the case with, you know, ibuprofen, all of them. They're all the same because your body thinks it's all poison. So no one considers what that looks like when we talk about treatment. So my body thinks that antibiotics are poison, that antivirals are poison, that, I mean, pain medicine's poison. So what does that mean for in the future for me as far as treatment goes? The thing about this that's particularly grim is it's not even fully considered a disease. It's very debated still. Debated by who? <laughs> How can you honestly say that this person's immune system cannot handle Western medicine, but that's not a disease? No. Anyway, I'm just saying they better get on that because I know I'm not the only one dealing with this. And to say that it, 
may or may not be a disease is just bizarre to me. I feel like, well, it's kind of obvious, right? Moving on to the one that I hate the most, and it's because I hate the name. Super sensitivity syndrome is a crap name. And it means I'm allergic to everything that isn't chemical. So like trees, animals, what is it? Perfume, um, every food, that's the biggie. Food intolerance, every food, every single food. Even chicken, because I asked, I double checked, yes. Even chicken, even strawberries. Yeah, that's also debated. Maybe that's not a real disease. Once again, everything you put into your body, everything you expose your body to thinks it's a poison. Okay. Yeah, fine, that's not a disease either. So if you Google these, which I did because I was told I had them, and so then I went to Google them to learn more about and to see what kind of treatments were available or what kind of research had been being done. You can't even Google these diseases or these non-diseases. It's like nothing shows up. <laughs> nothing really shows up. And I've tried a few times and I found a little bit, but I mean a little bit. Um, the most information I have found is actually in a book from 1982. And that speaks the most about the chemical sensitivity and the regular sensitivity. Here is my theory or my suggestion. Let's scrap both of those names because they're terrible and let's just call it all-inclusive allergies because that means you're allergic to everything and nothing is questioned. Like it's just that plain. She's allergic to everything, chemical or otherwise. And yes, they should be viewed as real diseases. I try to joke about this stuff because it's outlandish and ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it's ridiculous. So I, it's not really funny, but I laugh at it anyway. <laughs> um, I think as far as the diseases goes, I'm good. I don't really want to talk about that anymore. I feel like you have a good idea of some of what's going on over here in this, in this side of the spoon drawer. Um, we'll go farther into on this, on the next episode, which will be like part two, I suppose, of the invisible illness conundrum. So definitely stay tuned because there's a lot more information to come as well as some secrets, more secrets being spilled. I hope to see you guys soon. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll see you next time in the spoon drawer.